0: The value of investments can fall as well as rise, and losses may be made. With me are Anton Deploy and John Holmes, both analysts on the four-factor team at 91. Anton focuses on the information technology sector, while John is an industrials specialist. Gentlemen, it just seems to me that the supply chain issue is not going away. It's not transitory. It keeps on going, and it seems to have been exacerbated by quite severe lockdowns in China, ongoing, and also the Ukraine war, ongoing as well. Maybe, Anton, I'll start with you, because it seems to me that the information technology sector has been severely impacted because of these supply chain constraints. They were already concerned before the recent pandemic lockdowns in China, which have become quite severe. And also, of course, the war in Europe. How are the companies that you analyse managing the latest supply disruptions? Is it not only a short term problem, but maybe even medium and maybe even long term problem?
1: Thanks, Lindsay. I think that's exactly the debate we're having at the moment. I think it's probably worth focusing on the area where we're seeing the constraints being most severe, and that's in semiconductors. So now, if you recall, COVID-19 disrupted supply chains. We had a situation where production facilities were shut, orders were cut, and companies worried about the impact of COVID on demand. As we moved through the worst of it, we saw demand snap back, and then we found ourselves in a position where demand outstripped supply. And that is still the situation we find ourselves in today. Now, as you said, the concerns are being accentuated by current um, developments, whether that's China's COVID zero policy or whether that's the war in Ukraine. And the response by the semiconductor companies has been to increase capex. So they are spending hundreds of billions of dollars to increase the capacity in order to manufacture more chips. But due to the long lead times, we're yet to see the effect of this on the supply environment. But the expectation was that we would see incremental supply hit the market at the second half of this year, now what we have seen in recent earnings is that actually that may be delayed. Why is that? Well, because of those supply chain constraints, we're having delivery timelines of the equipment used to manufacture those chips being extended. And so you're right. The question really is, you know, is this is a short-term phenomenon, a medium-term phenomenon, or long-term phenomenon? And I guess you know we will time will tell. But it does feel to me that we aren't anywhere near the end of those supply chain constraints on a semiconductor supply chain.
0: Goodness me, Anton, it sounds as though you've got your work cut out. Let's go to John. In the industrial sector, what's been happening there? Same problem, different response, I would have thought.
2: Yeah, so my companies tend to be further along the supply chain, so they'll be customers of the semiconductor manufacturers, but they'll have issues elsewhere in their supply chain as well. And what they've been doing over the last year to try and mitigate disruptions is First of all, diversify their supplier base where they can, uh, bring it onshore, bring it closer to their end manufacturing base, take on more inventory, again, where they can to try and smooth out disruptions, and then redesigning products to reduce reliance on certain components. So maybe less chips per unit manufactured would be a, a classic example. In terms of recent events, Ukraine poses some specific issues for the automotive industry, and also the aerospace industry, but it's quite narrow component-related issues there. I think China is a much bigger issue, so Shanghai is a major manufacturing centre for both domestic and international production, and there really everyone is going to be impacted there, uh, depending on how long these lockdowns go on for.
0: OK, let's have a look at the recent earnings season, the first quarter earnings seasons. And I'll stay with you, John, on this one, because obviously there's been not only the results themselves, but also the forward-looking statements from your your companies, the companies that you follow at, at, at full factor at, at 91. What have you seen?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, we've seen some areas of improvement since the start of the year. I'd highlight the positive being labour availability in the US and Europe's a bit better. So obviously Omicron... Wave has subsided and uh, stimulus checks are wearing off. So there are more people in the labour market that can drive trucks and work in factories. But obviously, China is the the big issue on companies' minds. And I think people are holding their guidance at the moment, but everyone is waiting to see when China lifts those lockdowns. I think as a, a general rule, if they're over in the next couple of weeks, everything will be fine. If these lockdowns persist on beyond the end of May, Uh, then that's going to have some quite serious implications for guidance and expected production schedules going forward.
0: Anton, what about you? When you look at those earnings, and as I said in the question, it applies to you as well, what did they say about the future? Obviously very, very cautious, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the challenge is there is some questions around visibility these companies have, but at least, you know, where they sit in the supply chain, what their customers are telling them is that demand remains very strong. The question, I guess, is how much of that is, is just due to, you know, people double ordering due to the fact they can't actually get the, the chips they need. But when you look at semiconductor themselves, you know, the situation is demand continues to outstrip supply. And as a consequence, companies are benefiting from high prices and great backlogs, which is translating into earnings upgrades for the sector.
0: And again, I'll stay with you, Anton, on this one, because there must be investment implications because things are changing almost on a, on, a, on a daily basis. What does it mean for your sector looking forward and your strategy at 91.4 Factor?
1: Yeah, well, I think from a technology perspective, you know, the one in the avenue is to be invested in those beneficiaries, which are the semiconductor companies. But we're also conscious that there is an element of double ordering in there. So what we are watching closely, there are two things. Firstly, we're watching the impact of the supply response, giving that increase to CapEx budgets. And secondly, we are watching very closely the impact on in-consumer demand of rising inflation.
0: John, what about you? Industrials, same story or a different story or a slightly tweaked story, let me put it that way.
1: I think
2: I think for industrials, it's harder to identify a single area of the market that you can say are gonna be clear beneficiaries of the situation. Instead, what I'm doing, I think it's, it's really about individual stock picking. So using our four factor investment process to identify great investment ideas So what I'm looking for is is high quality companies where we're seeing evidence from their earnings that they're successfully navigating current supply chain volatility and that there are attractive valuations and seeing increasing investor attention. I think it's, it's really as simple as that for industrials at the moment.
0: Yeah, I wish simplicity was part of my life at the moment and everyone's lives because it seems to be rather complicated. But you, you've beautifully summarised the situation. Great insight. Thank you very much. Anton Deploy and John Holmes are both analysts at the Four Factor team at 91. Anton is in the information technology sector and John is an industrial specialist. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorized financial services provider.